your positive, positive, positive imprint. Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Well, hello, this is Catherine with Your Positive Imprint. Candace Nicholas Lipman struggles with a dysfunctional upbringing. As an adult, she struggled with homelessness. She says that her struggles are her strength in standing up for social justice and speaking for the youth. Today, she is a writer and a performer of A Rose Called Candace. Being a victim is not how she wants to come across in her storytelling performances. She wants to inspire you and others. She says... God is using my talents so that I can tell my story and help change lives. Well, Candace shares on this podcast just how she is doing that. Hello, listeners. This is Catherine with Your Positive Imprint. And I, I am very excited. I'm, I'm looking at this huge smile here from <laughs> Candace. Oh, my God. Yeah, hello. I have Candace. Nicholas Lippman here. She is over in California. This is just exciting to have you. And it's exciting to meet somebody that I absolutely know nothing about except from <laughs> <laughs> except from some people who are listeners of your positive imprint who told me about you. I'm thrilled to have you. <laughs> and you have such I'm a... happy to be here. <laughs> well, you have such a big <laughs> smile on your face. It's wonderful to see that smile so early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Candace, you have this story to tell, but before you tell that, I want to go into you were right before we started, we had about a 2-minute chat <laughs> about your your life in two minutes, mm -hmm. and how you got started in acting, in drama. How did you get into drama? Well, hello, world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Miss Catherine, for having me. I got started, so like I was telling Miss Catherine, I literally thought I was going to change the world through law. You know, one courtroom at a time. That's what I was going to do and how I was going to leave my impact or imprint on the world. But then God was like, no, psych, because I took seventh grade drama and my teacher, Mrs. Clark, I'll never forget her. She had me get up on stage and do a monologue. And when I tell you that completely changed my life, like the reaction <laughs> I got from my peers, my um, drama teacher had me performing all over the school at different classrooms, different teachers. And I was just like, God, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm, I'm meant to be an artist, a performer. So yeah, it was in seventh grade drama that that's where I really like discovered my calling. Well, good for that seventh grade teacher. That's what I have yes. to say. Yes. <laughs> that acceptance and that the feedback you received were, it was from your peers. Yeah, mm -hmm. which and makes other it teachers even, yeah. and yeah, yeah, it was amazing. And then I started writing my own plays. So I have like this huge binder still to this day filled with all these plays that I was just writing as a seventh <laughs> and eighth grader. And, and I kept doing it into high school. And where I'm from, I'm from a very like, you know, uh, poor background. So in my school where I'm from, we didn't have, we couldn't afford like drama classes or performing arts classes. So I started, 
<laughs> this petition for us to have the arts at our high school. So our oh, English good for teacher you. also became, thank you. So the English teacher also became the drama teacher. So she was doing like double duty. And yeah, I wrote like my first play there in high school and I cast it, I directed it. Like I was like, I'm really going to make this happen, guy. Like this is going to be a thing, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So then two questions here right quick. Do you remember what your monologue was about? Yes, I do. I do remember. I think I still have it to this day. And it was actually a very intense monologue now that I'm looking back, you know, for me to be only in seventh grade. But I was basically a woman who had witnessed a crime. And I was on the stand and the lawyer who I was talking to or whatever was trying to get the person who was guilty off free. And oh. I was defending it. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. So now Miss Catherine, when I think about it, because I thought I was going to be a lawyer, it's interesting that the monologue that I selected had to still do with law and a crime. <laughs> I just thought that's interesting. But yeah. So no, yeah, it was a very dramatic, intense monologue that I did. Yeah. Well, good for you. And then your play that you produced and directed and wrote in high school, what was that? Oh, it was... <laughs> <laughs> I actually talk about this. It's actually a section in my one woman show, but I it's called Wrap It Up, but with an R, like rapper. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it had like music in it and um, poetry because I really, you know, I'm a spoken word artist. So I come from like that poetry background. And uh, yeah, so that was like the first thing. And there was a boy in there that I cast as the lead because I liked him so much. <laughs> And I wanted to play his co-star, but but the teacher was like, no, Candace, you're writing and directing it. You can't star in it. You need to cast someone else. So I ended up casting my best friend, Mika, to play his love interest. And I was so upset. I wanted to play his love interest. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but it was called Wrap It Up. That was the first. And it was about a young man aspiring to be a rapper coming from, you know, a, a poverty-stricken background and really trying to pursue his dreams. Like, that's what it was about. <laughs> <laughs> and did the, and I take it that was well received too, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> and did you ever get to write another one back in high school? I did. I did a horror. It was a scary, a scary one, and it was like Ooh. we were all these group. Of, yeah, we were these group of friends going. We were having a sleepover, and then we ended up going into this haunted house, breaking into like this old haunted like house, and all kind of things started happening to all of us, and not everybody made it out. Oh, my. <laughs> I know. I know. My imagination was, ooh, oh, okay. But that's good. <laughs> that's, that's all part of entertainment. So yeah. I have a friend. He actually uh, does marketing for me uh, for my podcast, and he's from Canada. He does horror films. I mm. will hook you up. Ben Soper with, yeah. with him. Yeah. He's, he's always looking for horror films and and he was, in fact, he just won an award up in the Toronto Horror Film Festival. Wow. So, Aww, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, Damn. Sure. Anyway, so now, oh, and by the way, did you ever go to, was it Miss Carter? Uh, Your seventh grade teacher? Clark. Miss Clark. Clark. Did you ever yeah. go to Miss Clark and tell her what a positive imprint she made just by... I I tried to find her oh, and like she no longer works at the school and no one knows like where she is. And she was an older woman, even when she was teaching when I was young, Sam Brandon middle school 
in Sacramento, Miss <laughs> Clark, seventh grade drama teacher. So if anyone <laughs> happens to know, oh yeah, I went to Sam Brandon Middle School. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. We're going to talk about your struggles because that's where your single woman show is coming from, is from your mm-hmm. struggles. You took those struggles and you have turned it into an amazing positive imprint. Yes, I'm a firm believer that God has put a story in all of us. We each have our testimonies and our testimonies are actually not for us. They are meant for us to share with other people. And the way that God has given it to me to share is through my art. So whatever I do, it's always not only entertainment, but it's also a form of ministry because I'm hoping to inspire people or to encourage people or to show people that look at what I went through, but like through faith and perseverance, like I made it out. And then also keeping it real, right? About the fact that it's not always easy either. Like I still every day have to struggle or make the conscious decision to say, I'm not going to give up no matter how hard it gets. I'm not going to give up, you know? So um... I think that I, that's a wonderful, wonderful way to live life. Yes. And <laughs> and it's and it's hard to instill in in each of us because we all have our times when oh my gosh it just it's not going to work out or we, yeah we just have our own struggles at different times in our life and, yeah and different paths and I think that's what makes well that's certainly what makes life a challenge but it also allows us to grow as yes. individuals yeah most definitely I feel like a lot of times we're people are like, oh, you know, I've never really gone through anything and I never really know what it's like to struggle and stuff. Sometimes I feel, I feel that's kind of sometimes at a disservice because when you do go through stuff, it really helps to create your character. It really helps to let you know how strong you are, what you can overcome. And then it also helps you to be able to bless other people. If I never go through anything, how am I going to help the next person that's currently going through that? How am I going to learn to have compassion and understanding and being able to relate, you know? So I think that's the biggest thing why why life is hard and why we all go through stuff is so we can all relate and know that we are all human and we all go through we all go through things, you know? So no one is ever alone ever. And it was really hard for me in terms of writing my one woman show. It took me 4 years to write that. And I went through workshops of it. I did a preview performance of it. Like, I didn't just be like, oh, I'm going to write this show about my life. And then let me just put it out there. (laughs) But the way that God had me go through, I had to really go through a process. And it took me time because it is my real life story. And I always had to keep going back to God. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I telling, being this vulnerable, being this transparent, telling everyone all this stuff about me that I never would ever share with anybody. And God really had to humble me and be like, your story is not for you. It's not about you. It's not about me. So my story is not for me and it's not about me. It's about however God can use me to bless other people. What a wonderful, wonderful, positive attitude you have with regard to 
sharing your struggles with the world. Um, I am an artist. I, I have my spoken word ministry, so I do share my art through my spoken word also. I teach youth. I'm actually leaving this weekend for another missions trip to bring theater and stuff to the youth in a place where the arts are not even ever introduced to them. Like they have no idea what the arts are. And where's that? I'm going uh, to Mansville, Louisiana. In November, I went to Africa. I went to Kingali, Rwanda. Yeah. And I did some improv with the kids in Kingali. And we did some like acting exercises, which was really interesting because they don't really speak English. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a real challenge, like trying to communicate this idea of acting to them. And they're like, we don't even have theater or arts out here. Like, what is this on top of having the language? barrier but yeah so you know so it's just like I'm an artist and I'm called to create and be a creative and hopefully inspire people through my art I'm very 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 conscious of what kind of content I put out into the world it's very important to me what I'm saying Okay, now as a spoken word artist, you said that you have a ministry. So can you tell us a little bit about this? So it's just a ministry that I do. I get booked to do churches, youth conferences, events, you know, open mics and stuff. It's just wherever I can go to share my art. Um, I also do it like within my shows that I do. I just did spoken word at church on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. Yeah, so what what got you started in spoken word? Because that's not what you were handed by Miss Clark. Yeah, no. Uh uh-uh. uh. It's interesting because people always ask me that too. Like, how'd you get started in spoken word? Because I had never done spoken word until I moved to Los Angeles. I was writing poetry when I was younger. <clears throat> when I moved out here to LA, someone introduced me to spoken word and I was like, Oh, what is this? You know, and then I just started writing and writing. So is your solo show that you're doing, is that spoken word or is it, what kind of a show is it that you'll be doing? So my one woman show is a storytelling experience. I do perform a spoken word piece in my show, but it's not just like spoken word. Okay. Um, so it's a one woman show. So it's me going through different characters and stuff of people within my life And yeah, it's more so a storytelling experience. It's always so hard for me to explain or describe my show. Even when other people try to describe it, they always say the same. They're like, you just have to go see it. I I just, it's just something you have to see. Talk about your life a little bit. What is this show about? Um, Yeah, it's kind of hard to go into without giving away anything from my show. But just, I I will say, uh, if I wanted to pick a struggle to share was something um, for almost a year that I was homeless when I was living in my car. And a lot of people did not know. And when I finally did share that I was homeless all that time, like so many people were like, oh my, like you were still coming to work smiling. Like I would have never, ever thought that, you know, I was washing up in restrooms at McDonald's and using the restroom in bushes and stuff and sleeping yeah, that was a really hard time for me. And and this is how you know when it's really hard, when you really have to fight for your faith. Because even during that time, I was still working on my solo show. So I was in the car, like writing and doing things like this. And every part of me did not want to do that. Like, I'm like, God, why am I doing this? And look at my situation. Like, I'm not even 
I don't even know where I'm going to sleep tomorrow. Like, where can I park my car that's going to be safe for me to sleep for the night and stuff? Um, that was really hard. And I don't, I don't have, like, a lot of my friends have, like, family support or they have parents and people that they can call on. Um, one of my friends, he was like, he said, one thing I know, Candace, I will never, ever, ever have to worry. He said, even though I'm out here trying to make it on my own, he said, but I know that if things get really hard for me, my parents will pay my car note. My parents will pay my rent. And I unfortunately don't have that support system. So being the eldest of six, when I was growing up and having to raise my younger siblings and just, it's always been a constant struggle. And the biggest thing about my show was, is about me moving from this thing of survival, just living life to survive, to now living life freely. Because God came so that I can have freedom, that we all can have freedom. So I'm really, my show is really about finding that freedom to choose myself, that it's okay to choose yourself. It's okay, you know, to really just try to live life the way that God intended you to live, which was happy, abundant, joyful, free. <laughs> <laughs> and you said you have six or you have five siblings. Yes, I'm the oldest. Five girls, one boy. And he's the only boy. He's the baby. Uh, yeah. And and your parents, they're they're not in the picture at all. Um, my mama is there, but like I said, I raised my siblings, so and I don't know my father. And so your siblings, are they still around? Do you keep in touch with your siblings? Yes. They all live in Sacramento. My mama lives in Sacramento, my grandma. Um, and then my extended family, they're all over the East Coast. I was born in Baltimore, Maryland. So um, that's also part of my show where people are like, oh, I didn't even know you were from, you know. I'm like, yeah, I was born in Baltimore, Maryland, raised in Sacramento. And all of my extended family is on the East Coast. So Maryland, Connecticut, New Jersey. But my immediate family, my mama and my siblings, they're in Sacramento. And yeah, I still keep in contact with them. That's good. So you have some communicative support anyway. Yes. In a way. I guess in a sense, yeah. in a sense. So, so, okay. So see, let me be really transparent. I don't know if you can tell Miss Catherine, do you see how my energy kind of shifted once we started talking about I did. my life, <laughs> right? So, and me just being transparent with that and me acknowledging that, 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 that even lets me know, even after me doing my show all last year, doing it again this year and about to go to New York, that I still struggle with just talking about my life, you know? which I find that, like, I literally just had this moment just now where I was like, oh my goodness, I notice how I'm uncomfortable right now and don't want to talk about it. But if I'm on stage and I'm giving my art and I'm telling my story through my art, it's like, it's kind of different for me. Like, I don't know. That's interesting. I just, I just recognize that. So I just wanted to recognize <laughs> or acknowledge that I recognize that my energy just shifted and how I felt kind of uncomfortable just talking about you know, or like how you were saying like, oh, so are your parents, are they right? And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, these are normal questions that people ask. That's why, that's why it took me four years to even put my show out because I really had to focus on going through the process of healing and forgiving and finding the courage to not want to hide behind my story or my life or think that people don't want to hear this or I don't want people to think I'm the victim or I don't want people. It was just so many things that a lot of us do as to why we won't tell our story. Embarrassment, shame, guilt, 
pity, whatever it is. There's so many reasons why we're like, no, you know, other people go through stuff way worse than me. So why would anyone want to hear what I have to say? And I promise you that is not the truth. That is a lie. Because <laughs> God put a story in all of us. I, Kelsey and I were just talking about this because Kelsey and I, we have real conversations about God, career, race, you know, and her being a white woman and me being a black woman. And we talk about honest stuff. And she's like, she says to me all the time, you know, Ken, she says, I understand that I have privilege and I understand, you know, she says, sometimes I feel bad. Like I can't, I can't have this conversation about Black Lives Matter. I can't have this, you know. And I say, Kelsey, yes, you can. If anything, we need people who look like you to speak up for us because unfortunately people aren't listening to us, but they'll listen to you because of the privilege. Do you know what I mean? Like, so we have real conversations about stuff like that because my spoken word is also activism. Right. <laughs> so it's ministry and it's activism. I'm very vocal about standing up for what I believe in and people who are being mistreated or abused or misused. Like I speak up. So, um, yeah, I don't know how I went on that whole tangent. Oh, my oh but that's good because we because you have you have a voice and like you said earlier, God gave us all stories to right. share, but with that, he gave us a talent on how to go about it. And everybody right. has even if it's if it's music. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a talent in a musician and they're telling a story whether yes. it's through just instrumental or through just yeah. lyrics there's a story and yeah. talents and our talents are not meant to be hidden but they're meant right. to be shared right uh, and shared unselfishly and that's the thing when people think of talents or gifts, they limit it to the arts where it's not limited there. Like God could have gifted you to be a doctor or a lawyer or a hairstylist or a painter. Like he could have gifted you in so many different, a bank teller. There's so many different ways that the way that God moves through people where he could use you to be an inspiration or to give hope to someone. So I feel like a lot of times when people think of talents and gifts, they're like, Oh, well, I'm not an artist or I don't do what you do. And it's like, amen. God made us all different on purpose. Like, cause not everyone is going to receive what he put in me. They may only be able to receive it through you. You know, all of the struggles that you went through, and of course, I don't know them at all, but well, with all of the struggles that you went through, you were able to really build this wisdom and mm-hmm. this understanding of what the world should be. And I think that is phenomenal. And I congratulate you for for that and for doing what you're doing and for sharing it, because it is hard to get up and, and tell the story of your life, yeah. and whether you're an artist or not. I commend you for that. I will say though, Ms. Catherine, um, like what you're saying, like what I went through and how I gained this wisdom and stuff, I promise you it is only because of my faith in God and because who I know who I am in him. And, and people say that to me, they were like, you're so sure of like your purpose and your calling and what you're meant to do in this life. That, that makes me so sad when people aren't sure of their purpose, when you're just in this life and you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And that's why I I have a strong passion for the youth 
and giving back to the youth and speaking life into the youth. Um, even my Instagram, everything that I put out on Instagram is genuinely me. And it's always to uplift people because I have youth who follow me on Instagram, the kids and stuff, and they are the next generation. So it's all about planting seeds and hoping to to and hoping that you know people find what they're meant to do in this life i that's the saddest thing i feel like when you don't know what your purpose is so tell us about the the one woman show and where it is and when it is yes so everyone my show again is called a rose called candace it will be at the united solo theater festival in new york city on Theater Row, I'm going to opera. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. October 23rd at 7.30 p.m. I really, really, really need people to get tickets in New York because if I sell out, I can get up to eight performances added to my run. So I really need wow. people to please support yes. me. I don't know people in New York, so... I'm just asking everyone to please post about it, email people, tweet people, whatever, to come see my show. Um, you can go to www.arosecalledcandice.com. All the information's there. My social media is a rose called Candice. And then for my personal social media is Candice.Nicholas.Litman is also my Instagram. So. <laughs> and if you could spell Candace, since it's spelled a couple of different ways. Oh my, yeah, Miss Catherine, you'll be so surprised how many different ways Candace is spelled. But I spell it C-A-N-D-A-C-E. <laughs> okay, so then uh, a rose called Candace.com. I love the title. And how did you come about with the rose? It actually was uh, with my director at the time. Um, we were playing around with the, a title that I had, and I had told her this story about uh, my very first boyfriend. I've only ever had two boyfriends. So <laughs> my first boyfriend, who I was with for almost like eight years of my life, he. I remember one day we were talking, and he was like, Candace, I've known you for almost a decade, and I still don't know you. He said, like, you're very guarded. Like, I don't know you. He said, you're like a, he said, you're like the rose coming out of the concrete. <gasps> and I told her that story. And I, and then, you know, of course, Tupac, who is a rapper, but also a poet, um, has a, a poem about a rose, um, a rose from a concrete. And so my director and I, we were just kind of playing around with that. And when I told her that story, she was like, oh my goodness, you are a rose. That's really awesome. I love that story. You have Rose in there. You need to send your boyfriend, your ex-boyfriend, a ticket. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> remember when you told me those years ago? Yeah, but no, yeah, that's where it came from was me telling her that story. And it, and it was just crazy, like, when you really think about it, how long people can know you and still not really know you. And even after seeing my show, it is shocking to me how many people knew me came up to me and was like, oh my goodness, Candace, I had no idea. Like, I would have never known. Because you see, Miss Catherine, with this, my smile and my energy, like, <laughs> this is literally my resting face, like, 98% of the time. Like, I've had this energy and this joy ever since I was a kid. 
No one else in my family's like this. I have no idea where all this comes from. <laughs> you know, and stuff. So it's like when you see my story, I definitely don't look like what I've been through, like at all. So, <laughs> and you do. You like this. You look like this wonderful light. You look like a wonderful rose. So Aww, not one that's that's in concrete. You just look so happy and energetic and absolutely <laughs> inspirational. Oh, thank yes. you. <laughs> I always tell people that's the best compliment. Not like, oh, you're so beautiful. You're so talented. When people literally tell me you inspire me, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Like that's that's the purpose. That's what I want to do. And even with me wanting to be in entertainment, I always tell people I'm not trying to be in entertainment to be famous. I feel like fame is the byproduct of me fulfilling my purpose. So I'm focusing on the purpose and the lives that I want to be able to change through that medium, but not focusing on trying to be famous. Like that's not the, that's not what I'm, re you know what I mean? Right. Right. Like I, yeah. I really want God to use me to really make a difference. Like, Oh yes. I <laughs> make a difference. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your inspiration. And and how did you get involved with the United Solo Festival? How did you get, did someone come scout you? Did you no, so what you do for these festivals is you basically kind of submit yourself. And you're just on a hope and a prayer that out of all these people who are submitting that they will find something unique or great about your show that they would want to go ahead and present, you know, put their name on it. Um, so that's basically what happened. I went through the process along with me getting the Los Angeles Women's Theater Festival. I did the same thing where I applied for it. And again, it was on a hope and a prayer that I would get it. And I remember I was <laughs> at the dentist, Ms. Catherine. I was at the dentist, which I hate the dentist. It's literally a phobia of mine. But I was at the dentist and I saw the email and it said, congratulations, Catherine. And I, was, I literally started screaming in the dentist's office. Oh, that's great. <laughs> the receptionist was like, are you okay? I was like, I'm going to New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, you just apply, you just submit, apply, you pray, you know, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, you have a story to tell, but I'm so yes. sorry that you have struggled so much throughout your lifetime growing up and into adulthood. I know when people see me, they're like, oh, you're always so happy. But I'm like, I am still human. Like, you don't know. I could have just cried my eyes out this morning. Do you know what I mean? And it, and this is still naturally me, of course. I'm not putting on anything or any kind of character or anything. It's me. But I always like to let people know, like, I still struggle, which you get to see that through my art and through my stories that I tell, you know, but I'm living on purpose. So on purpose, I make the decision God, I'm choosing joy today. I am choosing to be grateful today, Father God. I know things are not great, but you know what, Jesus? It could be a whole lot worse. So I thank you for my blessings right now, Father God. I thank you, you know, and I find things to be grateful for and I have to shift my thinking. I listen to motivational messages. It's the first thing I do before I wake up. I either go into praise and worship or I listen to messages that motivate me, um, you know, before checking Instagram or emails or any like clouding my spirit with that. I try to start my day off right and get myself, you know, but I have to make the choice. Sometimes I get up and I dance in the morning. I listen to 80s music or like the old school or something. I, I dance it out. You know, I have to make the choice. And then sometimes throughout the day, I got to do it again. 
You know, anything can happen. You're dealing with different people. Things can happen at work. And I have to, again, be like, okay, God, I'm choosing gratitude. I'm choosing joy. And this is who I am in you. I got it now. There are people who struggle every day, but they don't, they, they need somebody who struggled as well. And how do you go about getting your mind shift? But you answered that. It's through those motivational messages. It's through writing in the journal. My mom had a childhood that wasn't a favorable one. And she told herself, you know, when she saw life out there with, with her school and with the convent, she told herself she was never, ever going to raise her children ever the way her parents. Yep. And I'm sure you feel the same. Yep. I'm, um, I always say that, that God willing, one day when I have kids, I'm never, uh, I'm never going to be the kind of mother my mom was or is, um, And I know it's hard. And that's why for me, I've gone through the process of healing and forgiving. And because I still love my mama. And and I noticed the difference, like what it is with my five younger siblings, you know, um, like, for example, for Mother's Day, and I'm all reaching out. Because again, I don't live, you know, I live out here in LA. So I'm not with my family. Like, you guys are going to do something for mom for Mother's Day. And they're just like, why? And I'm like, because she's still our mama. Like, you know, and I feel... No matter what happens, I don't care. She is still my mama. And that so is so hurt. good of you. Yeah, I'm going to always make sure I take That's why I'm trying so hard to make it. And I'm trying so hard to, um, I will be the first in my family. Like, I'm the first in my family to graduate from college. And because of me, now my siblings have done it, you know, and stuff. I'm the first generation. And I just... I'm going to be the one to break the generational curses in my family because I can see it happening even with my younger siblings and how they're raising my nephews. I can see that generational curse is just continuing in the way that we we weren't, you know, us being raised in the kind of household that we were raised in with, with our mom. So, um, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I, yeah, so I just, oh my goodness, I feel like I'm not making any sense anymore. But um, You are making sense. You truly are. Uh, but that's how I know and that's how people because of course my mom my mama is a big part of my one woman show and I did a lot of work to make sure that my mom is well rounded and who I created her to be and the only way I could have done that is for me doing the work to forgive for me looking outside of myself so it's not Candace playing the playing my mom it's not Candace in the victim state being like, look at what my mom did. No, no, no. My mom, I've done. And so it's been said to me, you know, I I say humbly, I've really done the beautiful work of making my mom, of seeing all the sides of her. But I had to do the work as Candace to find healing and forgiveness through that. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to do. Yeah, otherwise I wouldn't have been able to do it. I would have been seen. I would have showcased her the way that how my siblings are still feeling about her, you know, where me, I see nothing but love and compassion for my mom because there's so many things that now as a grown woman that I had to step back and look back and say, you know what, Candace, she was still human too with six kids by herself and she did the best she could. No, she wasn't the best mama, but she did the best she could. And I understand that now as a grown woman, you know? Oh, that's wonderful. Um, That's beautiful. And that's my mother and my dad have always told us 
always look for the positive in somebody and they have faults yes but there's always something good look yeah. for the good you're just wonderful you are really truly wonderful and and i congratulate you again for the progress you've made in in within your own life i wish you the best of luck with the show that you're Thank doing you. coming up in october and thank you. And that will be the start of your. Well, it's not. It's actually not the start. You've already. You already have your career. This is just a <laughs> new direction, a different direction. So. And I just um, want to lastly just really encourage anybody out there, no matter where you're from, where you live, what your background is. I promise you, what your belief system is. I promise you, you have a purpose. I don't care. So all those people that said that you would never be anything, all those people that said you can, you can't do it. Look at you come from a poor background. Look, you can't speak English. Well, look at you're this, you're this race, you're this, whatever. I promise you, God did not put you on this earth to just be here and not do anything. Like he literally put so much inside of you. Your job is to leave this world empty. You came here full you are to leave here empty. So whatever God put in you, I just want to encourage you to block out all the naysayers. Just try to forgive whatever your past and upbringing was and just try to move forward and focus on, you know what, God, what did you put me on this earth to do? Who am I meant to heal? Who am I meant to bless? Who am I meant to inspire? Because there is somebody, even if it's one person, they need to hear what you have to say because you could be the, the determining factor whether or not they survive. We all need each other, so just don't give up. Candace, you said that with a smile, but you said it from your heart. <laughs> and thank you again so much for your positive inference. Thank you, Miss Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> what is your purpose? Get inspired. Learn more about Candace from her website at arosecalledcandace.com or her social media, A Rose Called Candace. Thank you to Chris Knoll for this inspiring music. Learn more about his music and career at chrisknoll.com. Get on my email list so you can be updated on featured guests as well as my podcast behind-the-scene notes. Sign up by going to yourpositiveimprint.com. You can also access all of my episodes from yourpositiveimprint.com or iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or your favorite podcast venue. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast, Your Positive Imprint. You can subscribe on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, or right here, whichever platform you are listening from. Your Positive Imprint. What's your PI? It's free to subscribe. Subscribe now.